Good afternoon. I'm Meg Lowerman, Director of University Communications, and I appreciate you coming to this session today, con one of our content convergence sessions. And at these, we tr share information about how we can make our uh, content better, not only on the web, but in all ways. And so today, we have a session in which we're going to talk about, again, our announce system, um, first of all, and then we're going to talk about social media, and then we're going to talk a little bit about a few websites. So it'll be a quick and fun conversation about lots of things. Some of it you may already have adequate amounts of information on. I find that I always learn something from somebody else by listening to them talk about how they approach their craft and uh, their content, and I think that's always very helpful. One of the main points that we want to make today very loud and clear is this, that we are in the process, especially this year, we are really focusing on sharing our content across multiple platforms. So I know it very well that many of you generate content, great stories, and they don't always see the light of day to the degree that they should and can, and very easily could be transported into multiple formats and purvey to many audiences all at once. Some of you are already great at this. Some of you could use a little coaching. I can always use a little coaching, make it better and better. Our announce system, how many of you use the announce system, the calendar system, or the news announce system pretty regularly. Okay, there's a great bunch of you that already are doing this. Um, what we're focusing on, especially starting this semester, uh, every Thursday morning, we're having a content development team call in. And I have handpicked people from across campus that are, represent our colleges that call into this session and uh, we have a phone bridge set up, and so it's an open call, and we share what's going on across campus. And this is where we start to get the feel of what's going on this week, what's on our radar. So I'm gonna right now tell you that any of you who wanna join those calls, if you feel like you have stories to ante in verbally or on the announce system or both, that's a good way to just get the lay of the land of what's going on across campus. So especially if you work in a unit that has the responsibility to talk about campus-wide kinds of activities, this is a good way to know. So our Thursday morning content development team call-ins. You'll get information from Mitzi after this meeting about how you can call in, um, and you're welcome to do so. So the first thing that we're gonna do today is hear about our announce system uh, a little bit more in the fundamental way of how it's used, how the calendar can serve you, how the news announce system can serve you with deployment of your stories. Seth Miranda is in University Communications in the Internet and Interactive Media Group, and he is the user experience architect. So he, his job is all about making sure whatever appears on the web is user-friendly. So kind of a tall order, but Seth does a great job. And he's been instrumental in, in the deployment and adoption and development of the announce system. So I've asked Seth to come and talk to us today just to make sure everybody's on uh, the same page with how this announce and calendar system works.
Oh, thank you, Meg. Welcome. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard me talk about this a little bit more and in the past. Um, so the announce system is what powers the UNL Today newsletter that you get every day as a faculty staff member at the university. Um, but it also powers um, dozens of other newsletters across the campus that go to different parts of campus or even go the, to different external audiences um, uh, depending on, on different, different uses. Um, so I wanted to just kind of go back over some of the high touches about this because I think there's really two important parts of this announce system um, that maybe you see yourself in, in one but not the other, but that doesn't mean you need to preclude yourself from the system. So the announce system is used to disseminate news items. Any sort of announcement, whether it's related to an event that you're having on campus, or whether it's related to a, a celebration of some kind, um, anything that you feel is newsworthy or that you want to reach to a larger audience, uh, the announce system is here for you to use. It has two main benefits. One, if you put news in here, it can be shared across all kinds of different newsletters. It can get to all faculty staff. If it's something student related, this, every student gets a newsletter Sunday morning that's sent out of this system. Uh, maybe it's related to uh, one of the other academic colleges on campus. Uh, College of Law is using uh, the, the system to send out uh, emails to all their uh, prospective students, current students, and faculty staff. Um, so if you have a news item, you don't necessarily have to have a newsroom and create your, be creating your own newsletter or anything. Even if it's something that you have once a month or something like that, put it in here. There's a better chance of it being visible um, across a larger, larger set of audience uh, by using the system. Um, within the next few months, we're working on the process where this is actually going to start to uh, fuel um, the homepage, the internal and external homepages. Uh, UNL Today and whatnot. Right now there's a manual process that goes into editing those stories, but we're going to actually start implementing it so that the database behind all this actually funnels all the content that you'll start to see on UNL Today as well. But if you actually want to take your news items and you have a, dis a distinct audience that you want to send this to, this system is actually built for, to allow that as well. Same process, you can submit news items uh, either which way we can actually set up what's called a custom newsroom for you. And these are, these are, there's no cost associated with anything that you're going to see up here. But a newsroom is set up so that you can actually start building your own newsletters. And you can take those newsletters and you can send them to whatever email list that you would like whenever you want to do it, um, all through the use of the system. We have, I don't know, probably maybe almost two to three dozen different newsletters going through here right now. Different colleges are using it. Um, many of the academic colleges are, are using this in some fashion. Many of the departments are using this. We have um, departments that are sending stuff to uh, uh, math teachers across the country um, based on various needs. Um, and so you can use this system, build your own newsletter. We tried to make it as, as, as simple as possible um, for you to just build a newsletter just through a simple drag and drop interface. Once you submit news items in here, you can start building and to your heart's content. And try to drag it. Oh, I need to. That's what, this is actually live server. I, I don't have permissions to drag and drop on here. Otherwise, you guys are going to get some funky newsletter tomorrow. <laughs> and that's probably not best for me. Um, so, but it's very simple. You just drag and drop things on there. You t submit your news up there. You build your own newsletter. Like I said, you can send it out. Uh, every day, send it out once a month, once a quarter, whatever works for you, whatever works for how much news items, how many news items you have, etc. Um, 
so yeah, this is, this is like a quick review of an ounce. If anybody wants some more extra details, um, or if you want uh, me to come over to your office sometime and show you how it works and get something set up for you, I can do that really quick and easily. Uh, you can just email me, seth at unl.edu. I'm going to ask you some live questions here. Oh, okay. on the spot. Well, okay. So we saw the announce system. Let's say you don't want to build a newsletter, but you just want to put in a news, um, some news item. Do you know how to do that? Is everybody up to speed on that? Okay. And are you aware of the list of all of the different newsletters that exa exist? That's where I'm seeing some notes. Okay. So down, you, you type in your headline, your summary, your article, when you want it to run, and it comes up uh, sponsoring, sponsoring unit is University of University Communications. But if you pull down the, the bottom box and it said, please, please uh, submit for consideration by any of these newsletters that are already online. So you could say, oh, I think College of Journalism might be interested in this item too. So you can click that one. You can click as many of these newsletters as you wish. So I could submit an item about an event that I know about, and I could say, okay, I think that's arts and sciences might be interested, and I think uh, next at Nebraska, which is the newsletter that goes to all of our students every Sunday, might be interested in this. So you see what you can do here. You can take one story and you can submit it so that it would be considered for all of those different types of categories of audiences. You can't always tell, you can pretty much tell who the audience probably is by the titles of these. And as Seth was saying, and Seth is so good at building this system, if, if you feel like you have um, the need for your own separate newsletter, and what's called your own instance on this and become part of this list. So you could name a newsletter that's an electronic newsletter to a certain audience that you do once every week or two weeks or whatever it is. Um, and you can go on this drop and drag system. So you could have your own instance built and set up. So our instance is today at UNL. So you all see that all the time. And so the newsletter that you would cr create would look just like today at UNL, except with a different title. And then you would have your own database to, to send it out on your own timeline to whatever audience you wish. So there's a, a great free service and a way to deploy your news to uh, your own audiences. Um, so all of these, Nebraska Engineering News, Kimball Banner County News, you can see the enormous array of instances that we have already on the system. Yes? Can we see, if we wanted to see what someone else's newsletter looks like, is there a way that, and I don't know about now or if there's somewhere else? I think you have to have permissions, but Seth knows the answer. Um, there is a way to get at other newsletters, Marilyn. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. So, so Marilyn, I'm going to type with a microphone in my hand. You want me to type? Did I spell that right? Not quite. Ah. Yep, correct. Google will tell me the right spelling. <laughs> Close enough. Oh. Oh. Google doesn't like something. All right, what did I do wrong? 
That's, yeah, that's, that's always great. Um, well, we can, yeah, to answer your question, yes. Um, is there an easy way to get to those? Not necessarily. If you have any questions of getting to one, just send me an email. Um, I can give you the URL that gets to each of those. And you can see not only their newsletter, but you can also see the stories that they put in in the past. You can see an archive of all their newsletters, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, Brad? You bet. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we've worked with information services where a lot of these newsletters are internal, and they actually maintain the list by just connecting into SAP, or if it's a student list, connecting into the student information system, so that as employees come and go based on certain rules, so if you want to send to your specific department, it'll just automatically know who's assigned to that apartment and, and send the emails to them whatsoever. And so you don't have to worry about maintaining the list itself in that scenario. You can just worry about your content and the newsletter itself as well. Are you thinking maybe Marjorie, the dean, wants to have an internal newsletter and that would be, right. perhaps. Well, there's one every Friday that goes out to the college. That's right. That's just a list of information. But it could be in a different format for you guys, so it could look, you could help her with the formatting and sharing the stories, too. Yeah, yeah, if you have something that's specific to your college, but you might want other, other parts of the institution to know, you can just put it on the other newsletters as well. Yeah, right here. Is there a way so that you're not posting information on Facebook in here to link it to or make it where you're not keeping both medias up to date? Um, yes and no. Uh, so, so you can post into here. And there's no automatic feed into Facebook. But what we've seen a lot of people do, in fact, uh, Christy from Fine Arts was just working on this yesterday, was you publish the newsletter story here. Then you can go to that page. So every story has its own page on the website, permanently archived forever. You can go to that page, and basically, you kind of just click the Share This button. And you can share that through whatever connect you want to. And then it automatically pulls in the picture and some of the, some of the text and everything already so that it populates the Facebook post. Uh, you can edit it and twist it. Right, so just at the bottom of the page, um, just like every other page in the university template, you can just click that little Facebook share button and that'll, that'll take care of that. Yep. yep. And it'll put in the Google Analytics campaign tagging if you wanted to really get into some advanced metrics. Okay, but and yes, go ahead. On the drop down, the first option is um, it includes UCOM communications, et cetera. What does that all encompass? And that, that would be used for. Um, Today at UNL, and then on the main homepage, UNL Today, and then for Print Scarlet. So you're submitting a story that could be in, in a physical print format as well as online. So that's what that goes to. It's, it's the main top-level pool of stories. Okay, I want to point out one other thing, and that is that the news submissions and the calendar submissions are separate. And they don't share right now. But that's okay. But here's what we need everybody to think about is putting your stuff in the calendar because, as Seth said, we're kind of amping up our tools in the newsroom and on our main web page, and we're going to have 
um, it's, it's going to aggregate some feeds, including a feed from the calendar, which will just take it live, whatever you put in there. And we're gonna, we're, we're gonna monitor the back end of that because a lot of times, um, sometimes people will submit things that don't have who, what, when, where, why, and how, and we need all those basics answered when you submit a calendar item. But once they're submitted, those get used all over the place. So we're strongly urging people to please put all your events in that central calendar because right now it's, it's pretty spotty across campus and we get calls from people who say, oh, my stuff isn't on the calendar and we're going, well, did you put it in the calendar? And we get, well, no, well, how are, I don't know, besides a Ouija board, how we know about this stuff. So um, help us be right and help you, help you get your word out, yeah. It'll show up on our website, and um, it's also used as the basis for us to cover stories sometimes, too. So if there's not something about a calendar item that's already in um, the announce system, so if you just put in, we're going to have a, the Herman lecture, and it's this date, and here's the speaker, and here's a picture, and that, uh, well, that can be in the news announce, or it can be on the calendar, or both, which is optimal. So if they only show up in the calendar, and then we know to cover that as a news story, so our editors look at that, number one. And number two, social media. Tyler Thomas is gonna look at all those calendar uh, submissions and say, okay, what's worth a good high-end tweet today? And he's queuing up those all day long. So not to have your stuff in the calendar is a missed opportunity for your story to go all over campus. It's, I can't remember the verbiage, it was nominated for the main university calendar. Mm -hmm. Nominate for the main university calendar, and then we have a couple, we'll have a couple of editors who look at that and say, yep, that's perfect, yep, yep, yep. Oh. Um, and so your your submissions can okay question this is I don't know this can can you put a web link on your calendar item yes yes you can so you could put full information with your web link to the calendar so that way you can put as much as you want and people who are interested in more information would go there. Okay. Well, we'll because work on that. It, there are a lot of seminars, but we're doing our best. And I think sure. to get them in that calendar system is your key. Yeah, and I think the calendar, um, we're looking at making that a little bit more prominent 
Um, in fact, some of the initial sketches for the new UNL homepage is going to involve is going to actually have a physical calendar there and ability to search for that. Um, one of the other areas that does get distributed are all our, all our mobile apps. Um, the Nebraska map for iOS, Android, um, and uh, I think Windows Home. I can't remember the other one, but they're all getting distributed through that as well. I'm trying this one more time to see. Nope, it's not going to do it. Excellent. Anybody else have any other questions on announce content thoughts? Okay. If if you have any further questions about any of this, just call my office, 0088, and Mitzi and I will get you to the right help or help you ourselves. Okay. Great. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. Okay. Go up here and do H. Thank you. That's weird. Okay. Oh, brother. <laughs> That's really odd. Okay, we have an odd situation, but go look at that because Marilyn is Marilyn's a good model for us. Okay. All right. Next on our agenda, we're going to talk about social media. And many of you are using social media effectively and well. Tyler Thomas is new to our staff. Um, he comes to us most recently from Swanson Russell. And um, his job is to make sure that the campus is using social media in a good way. And he does the high level uh, posts on um, UN Lincoln, which is our new more social voice, and helps on um, UNL News on uh, Twitter and Facebook, and has been conducting coaching sessions in colleges to help uh, deans and department chairs and sometimes faculty get a hand, better handle on how they can use social media to their advantage with their uh, audiences, and particularly help us with recruitment, retention, research, and reputation, our four R's in communications that we pay attention to all day, every day. Okay, so I'm going to turn it over to Tyler Thomas to talk about social media. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. Good afternoon, all. Um, I do have a PowerPoint, but I'm going to kind of be going back and forth with some examples online as well. So um, bear with me, and if I have to turn my back to, to you folks, I apologize. This mouse is very finicky. Uh, like Meg said, my name is Tyler Thomas, and I uh, most recently used to work at Swanson Russell in downtown Lincoln. And I worked across all client. Uh, we have different niches there. And I worked across all clients doing digital strategy. So anything online that they did, including social media um, and kind of broader based digital strategy. So now I'm here and focusing just on social media, like Meg said. 
I'm the voice behind UN Lincoln on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the UNL announce is kind of where I go to find your information so that I can tweet it out or I can post it on Facebook or those things. So if you haven't put things in there, please do, because um, that's where I'm going every day to check for stories so that I can either follow up with you or send you a tweet or somehow get somebody to your content to your page. Um, part of my title is social media specialist slash content coordinator. So if you all could put your content in there, I can help coordinate it and get it seen by a bigger, larger audience. So we're going to jump in real quick. All right. This presentation will be available after, too, on, online, and we can send out in a link. I'll put it on a slide share, so all of the links within the presentation should be live. So don't hastily take notes if you don't want to. You can look at the examples later and kind of follow up. Um, my contact information is on here as well, and these are both hotlinked as well, so you can click through and see the Twitter accounts. Um, this is my personal, and then this is the university. So kind of going high level first, and then we'll dive into each of the platforms. Um, how I've set this up is 12 tips and tricks. So kind of high level planning strategy, because there's no good social media if you don't have a plan behind it um, to back up what you're doing, why you're doing it, justif justify it, what's the return on investment, how do you justify spending any time on this, um, allocating for resources. So we're going to set up with the strategy part, and then I have four platforms that I've selected that will go through some tips and tricks on things that I've kind of learned the hard way, and I wish somebody would have pointed out to me. Uh, some of this you might already know. Um, hopefully you'll learn something new. And then as we go, if we have questions or things, please raise your hand. Um, I do tend to talk fast, so just raise your hand and I'll call on you. And I apologize because I haven't met most of you, so I don't know anybody's names. So, uh, First, um, the biggest thing for me for, that I found with social media is creating a, a content committee. So Arts and Sciences already does this, um, but it's finding people across your department, across your college, within your own little group, um, of people that are the eyes and ears of your unit that can help you come up with topics. So um, the biggest part about content is it's hard to come up with all of it yourself. It's hard to write it all yourself. It's hard to curate it all yourself. It's hard to publish it all, govern it. There's just so many things to do, so many hats to wear. And I know most of you already wear more hats than you would like. So creating this committee and then setting your own standards for it is what I recommend. So find a student that is really uh, prominent within your group. Find a faculty member, find a staff member, find somebody that is in the dean's office, somebody that's an academic advisor. Just different eyes and ears across your unit uh, that can meet weekly if that works, every other week, monthly, at least quarterly. <laughs> um, this group will help be the eyes and ears and will help kind of divide up the tasks. Um, well, I have all day to kind of work on this stuff. I know most of you don't. So creating this committee and then dividing up who's going to do what, when, um, takes it off and makes each person kind of responsible for their own little chunk. But if everybody's got a little piece, you can make, your, the, make the whole pie. So they'll help establish the governance, which I say that because a lot of people want to have students just do all the work, which I think is a great, uh, great opportunity for students. Um, it gives them a job. It also gets them involved because they're kind of living and breathing. Most are really good with social media. Uh, but creating the governance and having a faculty or staff kind of oversee them. So who's the person that's kind of doing the checks and balances? Um, the biggest problem that we see with students running a whole channel is Christmas break is two weeks, or excuse me, winter break is two weeks, uh, summer break is three months. So if you have really good momentum over the semester and then you drop off, really good momentum and then drop off again, it's kind of just a wasted opportunity. So having somebody that is still, maybe not posting every day, but is overseeing a student or somebody that is participating, um, but is consistently doing that. Because consistency is key with social media. You have to be posting, you have to be engaging, you have to be involved in the community. 
um, that's what you're doing. You're building up your own brand and you're you know, creating these uh, brand ambassadors with your content. So make sure you have somebody that can kind of oversee that. Uh, again, they don't have to post every day, but as long as they're there and they know what's going on and can kind of do those checks and balances. Uh, and then set up your schedule. What makes the most sense for your group? Is it weekly for 30 minutes? Is it monthly for an hour? Is it every single day for 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon? Just whatever works for your team, uh, I leave it up to you. And that's, that's the nice thing about the committee is you're hopefully within your own same unit so you can kind of schedule with one another. And then go into your social media strategy. So a good first thing is to go through the top 10 tips um, for utilizing social media. There's a template online that you can download that is right here, I think it's, so just 10 steps. So going through and discussing your goal, who's your audience, and then from that audience deciding which channels are you going to use. Does it make sense to be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, or can you only manage maybe a Twitter account? because that's what makes sense now. Or maybe Facebook is where your audience is and that's what is gonna make the most sense. Or maybe you're within art and Instagram just, you know, just taking photos of everybody's art every day. That makes the most sense to connect with your community. And going through these kind of 10 steps within this template to identify those. So identify your channels and your objectives. Discuss topics and themes. What kind of content are you gonna be looking for? Is it events? Is it student spotlights? Is it things that faculty are doing? Is it research? Where does your, what's your niche of content? How can you spread that out? What are your topics? And then putting together a content calendar, which I'll show you an example. So I have a content calendar by month, and I type in my topics. This is only for the next few weeks, but I type in my topics, kind of what my message is going to be, my category, so I can kind of see, I color code it. So right now I have a lot of events, so I need to focus on finding content that's within students and alumni and news. And then I have which vehicle is going to deploy and the notes for it. So this is a really nice collaborative tool if you have a team. So if you have somebody that's going to be doing it, they can go on and say, you're in charge of the MLK Day stuff. So you're going to make sure you schedule that out, plan for it, have the photos, take the video if you need it write the content, and then tell me which vehicle it's going to be on, and you can leave any notes. This is just a Google Doc, so it's all web-based, so nobody's having to worry about saving down a version or using the latest version. It's all real-time, and it's a collaborative tool. So anybody with a Gmail account, uh, you can share it with them and collaborate within here real-time. And so I can see what's going on kind of throughout, throughout the January month and across campus. So as you all add things to the UNL announce system, I kind of port them over to my own calendar and say, when does it make sense to announce these? Is this something that we announce two days in advance, a week in advance, for two weeks? Do we do it every Monday? Um, that's the kind of justification I get to make. But by doing this content calendar, um, those content committee meetings are a lot more efficient because you can kind of see what's going on in the next month. You sit down for your hour, plan out the month of what's kind of happening and scheduled, and then have somebody else in charge of the week to week or day to day. And the biggest part of that too is just identifying the right social media channels. So I know a lot of people get really excited and they just want to be on everything. 
but then they can't manage everything because it just all takes time. So identify which channels make the most sense based on your audience, resources, and overall time, and then champion that. And then once you're really good at Twitter, jump into Facebook or vice versa, or maybe you have a student that's gonna run with Instagram. That's great. I don't discourage having multiple channels, but I do discourage starting and then not being able to kind of keep the momentum and keep things moving. Yes, ma'am. So if I only have time to manage one, and we were curious which one's the best for students, what would you recommend? I think it would be, for which department are you in? School of Criminology, Criminal Justice. Okay, so I would recommend talk to a few students and see what they're using the most. Right now, it looks like Twitter, because if you're pushing just kind of quick news, we're doing this, here's a really cool article from a famous person within your career field. Twitter makes it really simple to push out news very quickly, because it's only 140 characters. So that might make sense. But if you pull 10 students and they all say Facebook, well, then I just failed. But at least you, you did some research. So that's what I would recommend. That's why kind of setting that, that strategy and plan and having maybe a student or somebody that's in kind of the, the audience that you're trying to reach um, will help you identify the best channel, in my opinion. So Facebook maybe is it, or if maybe you're trying to get an older generation alumni, maybe Facebook's not right for them, maybe Twitter's not right for them, so what's the right channel to communicate with them? Is it a, maybe not social media, maybe it's an e-newsletter. So identify that audience and then kind of champion it and see where it goes. And a big part with the template is that the very last question is how often do you reevaluate? So decide you want to go ahead with Twitter for three months, see how it works, see how you're growing, is it, is it working, is it not working, evaluate the system and then decide if you want to continue it or maybe it's let's ditch Twitter and try Facebook or just kind of keep an eye on it. So again, another reason that that content committee is really good because you're constantly meeting. So you're constantly talking with each other and seeing what's working, what doesn't work. And I have an analytics tool I'll show you after this too that can kind of help you measure that just from a high level. Did that answer your question? So branding your channel. So if you do have multiple channels or maybe you only pick one, um, use the approved logos and kind of look and feel of the university and of your college um, and try to use the same imagery across all your platforms. Uh, for all of ours, we use the same icon. It's the 3DN with a white background. Anytime I get a new icon, I update it on all of our platforms so it's consistent. Uh, it's kind of a pain in the neck, but the nice thing is your audience can always see where you are depending on your platform. So biggest part of branding is being consistent. So making sure that your look and your feel and your tone are the same across all platforms even if they're going towards a different audience. So being care playing, paying careful attention to that. And complete your whole profile. So we'll go into that by each platform, but there's lots of opportunity to talk about yourself on each of these, these profiles. So fill them out completely and make sure that people can, when they get to your profile, they can read what you are really quickly, find out who you are, and then decide if they're going to join your community. Um, Another big thing is being consistent with your naming. So when I started at the beginning of December, we launched a new Twitter and we launched Instagram and then we kind of reset our Facebook. So I sat down with my committee and we agreed on UN Lincoln was the name that we were gonna use across all platforms. So at UN Lincoln, no matter which platform I'm on, that's the handle that I'm using. So it's consistent. So if I'm on Facebook or on Twitter, it doesn't matter, you just go to that um, URL backslash UN Lincoln, you can find our page and our content. Um, and it just establishes that consistent brand across all platforms. Um, the only difficult one is that you can't switch is YouTube. Once you've established that, you're stuck with it, which is really nice though in the sense that the universities is backslash UNL, so it still makes sense. Um, Facebook will allow you to change it up to once. So if you're going to make the change, make sure you check your typos, confirm with who you're gonna confirm with, because once you've changed it, it can't be changed back. So 
that's kind of a new thing with them. Um, and then also, if you're starting a new channel or have a chance to change, starting with the UNL um, prefix allows for kind of that um, authentic, authenticity, excuse me, to users and fans. People know that you're part of the university system and you're not kind of a, a faux account. Um, if you're active on Twitter, there's a lot of fake accounts for celebrities, coaches, people, deans. So having the UNL, obviously it doesn't stop somebody from creating their own fake account with UNL, but having that and then the university branding behind your um, design and your look and feel will give that authenticity that when somebody goes to follow you or like your Facebook page that they know, it's, they know what it is and who it is. And then a nice thing with Instagram and Twitter, if you do um, use a name, so if you put your name in there or within the description and then you push your Instagram photo to Twitter and it's the same handle, which we recommend, people can click on it and see who it is. If you have different handles across platforms, you will leave people down a rabbit hole that you know, they can't find what they're looking for. And if that doesn't make sense to somebody, I can explain that with an example. I don't have one right now, but I can explain it a little bit better. So biggest thing with social media, content. So what do we have to do? We have to create um, engaging content and do it consistently. So the biggest thing that I can say to all of you is if you're going to do social media, just be consistent. If you can only post one time a day, post one time a day and make it the best post that you can make it. If you can only post one time a week, make it the best post that week. But your audience, those people that are following you on um, Twitter or liking you on Facebook or following you on Instagram, they're saying, I want to be part of your community and they have an expectation. So set that expectation. That's another good reason for your content committee to meet and discuss how often can we post. Can we post once every other day? Um, do we post Monday, Wednesday, Friday? But setting that frequency up ahead so that you, you don't fail down the road. Um, and be consistent and have fun with it. Um, content can be anything. Um, I just read a really good article and I'm gonna send it out after this, I didn't have time to add it, but it was like 20 unique ways to grab content. So it's how-to lists, upload a professor's um, presentation to SlideShare and then share that. Uh, call us, let us know, we'll come do a quick video for you. And I think that's the example that I selected. Uh, create engaging content and then within your consistency and frequency you can post it. So for the Howerman lectures, which I think is the example I have, or maybe this is for fashion merchandising. I knew about the event coming up, so I got there ahead of time within my content planning in my calendar, and we filmed this video. Which I don't know which, where that went to. Sorry, I'm not familiar with PC as well. Oh, this is the one I want. Thank you. So if you haven't seen this, sorry if this is really loud too. Okay, good. There are actually 20 different dresses that were in nudes, laces, and whites and ivories, which I So we just went out to the fashion merchandising program and asked for a few students to give us their feedback on what happened with the Golden Globes. So I knew the Golden Globes were on a Sunday. Monday, people would be talking about it. So a few of us just went out on Monday afternoon. We asked them some quick questions, grabbed some photos online, and within a few hours, we produced this video. It's about a minute and a half, uh, but it's a great story, and you can see there's 145 views, and we just pushed it out through social media. So we used this, and I tweeted about it, and I posted it on Facebook. And then, 
they can now take this and embed it on a web page or send it out to a potential student or a, or a current student and say, hey, you're on this video, tell your friends about it. Um, but it's, again, kind of that upfront planning and knowing about it. It's really hard if it's the day off for us to make it out there or for anybody in your own team to make it out there. So knowing about bigger events or things that are happening and planning for it is key. For that one, I, I, we didn't because I just went out and did it really quickly. If, it depends on how long it's going to be and how quick. I mean, if it's a quick student bio and it's a few hours, I mean, if we know about it and we can put it in our schedule, then no. But kind of the bigger, larger broadcasts. The nice thing with these videos is these are, are meant to only be around for a few, few weeks. Or, you know, the Golden Globes are over. Nobody's looking at that now. They're looking at the Oscars. So the quality of it is still nice and good, but it's not like pr highly produced. So some videos that if you're doing student interviews or you want to really showcase your college, those are the ones that we, we pull in people in charge because it's a higher production rate. And then Meg's got answers too. I was too. just going to say that if you want us, somebody from University Communications to come over and do a video just for your unit or college that you would just use, then we can do that on an hourly rate. And so just contact us and we'll, we can do that for you. And then some other engaging content, just things to be looking for. Photos, take a picture of a, a professor lecturing, go to a lecture and do that, like photos, um, links, infographics, resharing other people's content um, is all key to create that engaging content. You don't always have to create it yourself. Um, content curation is a big deal too. So finding somebody that's very prominent within the field that you study or within the industries that you're talking about and they put out a really nice article, well, retweet it or take that article and share it because your audience would probably be likely interested in it as well. So as much as it's about creating content, you can also curate other people's content. And that's kind of what I do for my job is finding out what all of you are doing and then kind of curate it to the larger audience. Um, creating new web pages too. Um, sorry. So for commencement, which was kind of my first project when I came in to this job, I created three new web pages and then on the commencement.unl.edu. So if you've been to commencement, there's a page within that that talks about academic attire. It was already written out and it talks about why we wear what we wear, how to identify which college is which, um, what this hood means and what that means. Well, that wasn't on our website anywhere. So I just kind of copied and pasted that content and put it on a web page and then I tweeted that content out. So within a half hour, I took pre-existing content and repurposed it and that page saw about like 30 clicks to it. So 30 people, unique users saw that page. Um, they're probably all seeing it too when they're at graduation, but it's 30 more eyes on material that I didn't have to spend a lot of time creating. Um, the same thing with, I created another page that was just a, a map of the Devaney Center, and that got a bunch of clicks because that was information that people wanted when they come to graduation. Where do I stand? Where do I sit? So using content that you already have, but just kind of repurposing it and putting it online, um, again, it's kind of that content curation. You don't always have to create from scratch, kind of repurpose. And the biggest note too with content is just be consistent. Uh, make sure you're posting your content on a regular basis. And then engage with your community. So social media is a contact sport. You can't just be throwing things out there and then not participating. You have to be involved. Um, if that means just checking your Twitter account for five minutes a day and retweeting twice, again, that's consistent and you've, you've done something. And to those two people you retweeted, you've brought them closer to your community. I would recommend if you have more time to do that. but. Creating engaging content is key, but then also going back and engaging with those people that have, have joined your community by liking you or um, being a fan on Twitter. So 
do that. If people have questions, respond to them within a timely manner. If they post something that you really like, retweet it, favorite it, um, interact with it, and follow hashtags that make sense. So the UNL hashtag, maybe a student will use that and talk about a great lecture they went to. If it's your lecture, it'd be awesome if you retweeted that or interacted with that student and say, what did you think? How did it go? Um, a big thing right now is a lot of people are getting their acceptance letters. So I'm on patrol for all the pictures and tweets and topics that people are excited to be accepted to the university. And then I interact with them. I say, you know, what are you most excited for? Uh, we can't wait to see you until the fall. What's the biggest thing? And you, they're already so excited to be accepted. And now I've brought them in even closer. And they'll tweet right back at me. Um, but that's because I'm following the UNL hashtag. That's how I find that content. And there's a third party tool I'll show you at the end um, that makes it very simple to follow those. Uh, and then also just other hashtags that make sense for your department. So dance, music, um, higher ed live is a big one um, for just the higher ed community. Yes, ma'am. Sure. So a hashtag. I'll go to my Twitter. So a hashtag is just a keyword used to group. I'll go. It's mainly just a keyword that creates a hyperlink so that you can group things together in the community. So the university one is at, as the pound sign and then UNL. So putting that in there, people can search by it in the, bar, in the search bar on Twitter. But you can also click on this and see all of the tweets that people are talking about during this. So this is another thing I monitor all day. So as people are tweeting, I can see um, the Office of Research is talking about um, Lady Gaga's Born This Way bus. Um, UNL News is talking about triple or 12-foot sculptures. Um, it's just a way to kind of aggregate content. So um, you can make up your own hashtags, and we'll talk about that when we get to the Twitter. But you can also follow other people's hashtags, and that's a good way to um, include that in your own tweets, but also find other people that make up your community. So I follow this, and then I click on it, and like UNL News. So it's unique only to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Twitter and then Instagram has them as well. Facebook does not. But they are separate within their own platform. But the concept behind them is the same. But it's a good way, too, to find people to follow. So I'm already following UNL News. But there might be other people, this person, or Steve Smith in our news office. If I wasn't already following him, too, you can follow people really quickly by using hashtags. It's also a good way to search. Um, if you want to know what's going on in Lincoln, following the Lincoln one, there's people that tweet about it all day. Specials, restaurants, places to go, things to do. And then just interacting with people. If they post a nice photo from your exhibition or um, pictures of something, going in there and liking it or commenting on it and saying, great photo. But just you know, creating the conversation, not just pushing out messages, but really re relating to people that are um, joining in your community. And then the whole idea about creating once and publishing everywhere. So, Promoting your content across social networks is not unheard of either. So if you create a Pinterest board, you can share it on Facebook. So again, back to commencement, um, I created a Pinterest board that was about mortarboard design. So it was just a bunch of photos that people had designed their mortarboards to kind of provide inspiration to those graduating. Um, I didn't have a Pinterest community. Nobody really knew about the university on Pinterest because it was brand new. So I took that link for that board and shared it on Facebook and a ton of people repinned things, joined it, followed it. But that was a way for me to promote my Pinterest page and my content that I spent time creating, but using the audience I already had on Facebook. 
So you can do that with the same thing with videos. If you have YouTube videos, you can tweet out the video, you can post it on Facebook, you can post it on your own web page. Being able to repurpose content because oftentimes your audiences are slightly different. Um, really not focusing on automating that. I wouldn't automate everything because I think that leads to problems and we'll talk about that in a second. But there's ways to, if you create a Pinterest board, you write a quick little description on Facebook and upload the link. The tweet's only 140 characters, so it's a little bit different, it's a little bit shorter, but now you've promoted the one piece of content you created on three different places, on Pinterest, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, same thing with uh, videos and photos. Uh, if you have e-newsletters or magazines, somebody's already spent a lot of time writing that content, so why not put it online and then tweet at it? So if somebody doesn't get your magazine for your college, if you have all of those articles online, you can maybe see it because they follow you on Twitter or they can read that article on Facebook. Um, but making sure that you repurpose your content because somebody's already spent time creating it. Um, same thing with creating blog posts uh, or anything else that's not online, add it there. And then there's also like older articles or things that are still kind of relevant. Um, it's not unheard of to tweet it out twice. So tweet it out this week and then in a few weeks if the content it still makes sense, tweet it out again, write the tweet a little bit different because um, people probably missed it. Social media is so quick and so real time, you can't catch everything. So it doesn't hurt to do it more than once. Uh, I wouldn't take it verbatim, I would re rewrite it a little bit, but if you have the content and people have done it, write about it or publish it. All right, so now we're gonna jump in with tip number seven into platforms. So I'm gonna kind of run through these on Facebook with you. Um, the nice thing about Facebook is you can use so much re rich media integration, so you can upload photos, videos, links, um, just text, but you have a lot more visually appealing things that you can do on Facebook than like Twitter or even Instagram. Instagram's visually appealing, but you can't put a video in there and you, the links don't work. So this is your kind of your, your biggest vehicle for different types of content. Um, a few little picky things, but also just kind of backing to that branding. Um, make sure your profile photo fits within the space. It's only 180 by 180, so if you have an N that's the top's not shown or you have an image where somebody's head's cut off, just resize it to 180 by 180 and re-upload, and it will resize itself within that space. Um, it shows that, you're, that you care about how it looks and kind of shows off that brand, because sometimes ends when you can't see the top, they just look really confusing, and people in their feed only see that photo, so if they can't tell what it is, they might not see your content. So again, you're missing an opportunity by um, not having it visually appealing. Uh, cover image, which I'll show you, switching that up once a quarter, uh, most likely people don't see that too often because they usually just look at the feed on their wall. Not often do they click through to your page too much, so that's why I don't recommend changing it every week or all that time unless you really want to and have resources for that. But switching up quarterly or based on events so when people come to your page, they can see something different and see that you care and that you've invested in your page. Um, and then there's some tools just to use and we'll walk through those in just a second. So utilize the scheduling tool. If you're not in the office, you can schedule things ahead of time so that, well, you can plan them all ahead of time, but also for like Martin Luther King, I planned a bunch of stuff and didn't have to work on Monday by posting things because I didn't want to, to let the community down, but they don't know that I scheduled that a few days ahead of time. It still popped up in their wallet at the time I dedicated and told it to. So there's also some cool features with highlighting, repositioning, and pinning to the top, which I'll show you in just one second. And then again, if you have a really good Facebook community using the events feature, uh, it could be duplicate, uh, duplicative from the, the announce system, but you already have the content created, so it's just posting it within Facebook and then promoting it on Facebook so that audience can see it. So we'll show those and then we'll come back to this slide. 
I just had my account hacked, so I had to change the password, so now I have to remember what it is. Hopefully. Okay. So I, I logged in from here just to show you also, if you have multiple admins on a page, you can jump over here. So you don't necessarily have to give the username and password to your Facebook page to people that you want to post. You can just go into your own feature. We'll go to the top. Up here, manage permissions. And as long as you're a friend with that person, admin roles, you can add people. So Meg can log, log into her own Facebook page and then switch over to the university and post on the behalf of the university. Um, so can anybody else on this list. But I can also remove them at any time. So if some, a student leaves or a faculty member decides not to do Facebook anymore, this is a really nice way that they do it from their own profile. So you don't necessarily have to give them the full reins of the password and username to the actual Facebook page that you've established. Um, so that's super helpful. So this is the cover photo I'm talking about. This is event related, so we'll take it down at the end of the week, obviously, because Martin Luther King week will be over. Um, but switching this out as often as you see fit, um, as long as it's not event related, so it doesn't, it's not up there still in February. Here's the events. So you can add a, a nice little thumbnail, put in the description of the event, and then you can invite people to it. All the details, so again, it's just a different community. It's a different way of promoting the events that you're having. Um, and it doesn't, it takes, I don't know, five minutes to set up. And the nice thing is once it's set up, it actually posts on your wall. So I created this events for the, ha the free hands only CPR training. And then it posted to my wall and now these people found out about it and I can kind of promote the event by just creating it. So it's another way to interact with your audience. Some other features, just so people are aware if they're not, you can go in here and reposition photos. So if it loads originally off kilter like it did, you can go in here and just slide it so it actually looks nice and then save. I can also pin things to the top, which will make it stand at the top for, oh, that's highlighting. So that'll take up the whole width, which is nice. So there was a few posts down here that I wanted people to see more prominently like the UNL alert. We really wanted people to see that so that they would sign up again. So I gave it more attention by highlighting it here. The same thing with the, the deadline of January 15th. So if somebody was on my page and they were scrolling through really quickly, they would see this content. It would pop out a little bit um, ahead of some of the other pages or other content that's on the sides. We'll go back up to Martin Luther King. We'll, and you can always unhighlight it too if you accidentally click on the wrong thing. And then, there it is. You can pin it to the top if you want it to show up and stay at the top for seven days. So if you have an event or some kind of content that is really prominent and needs to come first, you can pin it with, and it will indicate it with this little flag. And it will stay for seven days without you having to do anything. And then you can always remove it too. If this, and it will jump back to itself in the timeline. Any questions on those things? Sorry if it's review. I just want to make sure everybody sees all these. Um, like the question earlier, 
Hashtags don't work on Facebook, so you can put them on there if you're having an event or something and you want to encourage people to use it if they're using social media that supports it. Um, but I encourage people not to use it too often on Facebook because it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Um, so it's kind of a lost, lost thing for Facebook. Um, and then also ut utilizing URL shorteners. So the nice thing with once you put a link onto Facebook, if you put a link in, it will pop open the story at the bottom and you can pick a picture and it will have a little bit of a description that it will pull from that web page. You can then delete out that link. Um, you don't need it anymore because that bottom link is still linkable. Um, so it just makes your post look a lot cleaner. And then also using URL shorteners like Bitly, which I'll show you, which is the one I use. So I'll post in links in this corner and then this will track them. So I can see how many people have clicked on my links to really monitor engagement. And then each month when I go back to look at my analytics and see my report, what worked, what didn't, and justify my time, I can really see, well, post about this didn't work very well. Was it how it was written? Was it the time of day? Was it maybe just the content wasn't that great? But I can see here, like the UNL alert got 94 clicks. If I didn't use Bitly, I, I wouldn't know that unless I use like the analytics tool too. So what I do is I use Bitly and then also go back into go.unl.edu so it looks um, like that, but I can track it here really simply. So it's an extra step to make it look nice, but this is a way I can track to see kind of looking at the clicks. Yes, ma'am. Is that a free service? Yes. So you can sign up, so you can sign up and actually link it to, the, to your Twitter account or your Facebook account if you want. Um, I just set up a separate account so people can log into it without doing that. How do you create the shorter URL? Sure. So if we were to go, Let's, we'll just take this URL. So we'll just copy. Go here. And then that's paste a link here. So we'll paste it. And then it will spit out a short one for you to copy. So I'm going to not save this one. The other nice thing is, so I will, what I like to do is then go back in here and I'll, paste in like the go URL that I use so that I can sort it. So if I go back and look through tweets or trying to figure out which what it was, what it was I can always reference the go URL too because that just looks cleaner and makes more sense to use. And then again, just monitoring for questions and responding regularly. This link's just gonna take you to our page. So as people comment or post things on our page and I see them, if there's questions about admissions or there's questions about um, who they talk to for something, I try to either respond to them on the page or if they private message me, I'll respond to it. I set myself like a 24 hour window to do that. Um, I try not to answer any questions like um, distinctly unless I really know the answer. Oftentimes I'll say, please reference the admissions website, here it is, or please look at grad admissions, here it is, please contact this person um, so that I don't get in trouble for answering your question incorrectly, um, but at least I'm not leaving them hanging by asking a question and not monitoring that. So again, they're a part of your community, so if somebody asks you a question, it's rude to not answer it, so within 24 hours is what I like to do. Yes? If you decide you don't have time to respond to questions and stuff, is there a way to make it so that they can't post questions? Or On the, kind of, they can't, Sure. So you can set it up to where, where is Facebook? Like I don't have messages turned on, so people can't message me, but they can always post on my wall. You can't really turn that off. Um, and I would encourage not to turn that off because then people won't comment on your posts that you make that you want them to comment on. 
Um, but there is ways to, um, to deactivate the message me so that they have to put everything on the wall. And you should be getting notifications up here of when content's being either liked or they're asking questions or things like that. So you at least get a notification. And maybe it's every Wednesday you go and answer all the questions or some kind of schedule. Again, whatever works for you. All right, Twitter. So tweeting with the best of them. Um, complete your profile with your photo, a short description, any hashtags that you use, and your URL. Again, it shows the authenticity of who you are, but it also helps people find you. If you don't put in a description or talk about who you are and they look at your profile, they're more likely not to follow you because they don't know who you are. Um, I'll show you this example. So like the UNL news, it's filled out completely with, I think you get 160 characters in here, so it's a little bit longer. It's hashtags that they use often, so these, once you put the pound sign, can actually be clicked on, and there's a full URL. So if somebody was to see just this information, which if you're on your phone or you're on your iPad or some kind of device, you're only gonna see the feed and then see who it is. So this is the information that will display. So it's encouraged to fill this out about who you are and what you do. So even for your personal self and for your department or your college, fill out as much information as you can so that people can know that that's who you are. Because there's a lot of people that don't and then it's, you don't know how to find them or you don't know if you should follow them or not and it kind of wavers your decision so you don't want anybody to kind of decide no. You want them all to decide yes if that's what they want to do. Uh, back to hashtags, sorry. Um, Utilize them on Twitter. Twitter's awesome for hashtags because again, it's a keyword that kind of aggregates all of your content. Um, just m double check that they're working. So make sure that you have a hashtag, you don't have any um, punctuation between letters. You can use letters and numbers, but adding punctuation will break the hashtag. So uh, hashtag UNL exclamation point, the exclamation point won't work. But if you put like an apostrophe S, apostrophe S can break things. So uh, make sure they work before you use them and then you can make up your own. So if you're having an event, um, the theater department is having an event this whole week. So they had the hashtag that they've told all their students to use. So they have 1,500 students, I believe, from across the country in town. So any of those students know which hashtag to be using. So they can go on Twitter and interact with them. They can respond to what they're saying. They can like it. They can reshare it. Um, but really, it's another way for them to see what their community is doing in the social space. So it's really nice. Um, big thing with that, though, is to check it before you use it. So you can always go up to this search feature and check what it, who's using it. So like the UNL one is used by us most often and then there's also a university and I believe in Brazil that uses it too. So if it's in Spanish, I usually ignore it because uh, it's probably not pertaining to me. But if you're setting up an event, just double check that it's not already being used. Um, I was setting up an event for a professor and I tried to use this one but it, I checked it first and realized there's already people using it, so I changed it so that it doesn't get used. But that's another way for people to find you, people to interact with you. That's how I find a lot of the content I reshare and curate is by following that hashtag and then just the, the search for the words UNL. Um, there's another thing you can participate in tweet chats. So 
tweetchat.com. Ag chat's a really big one. Is anybody from the ag discipline? So ag chat's a really popular tweet. I believe it's every Monday night at seven. So what this allows you to do is type in, we'll use ag chat, a hashtag. And it's pretty much like having a phone call or a meeting, but it's all on Twitter. So people, or they have organizers. This is a really popular one, so there's a lot of tweets. But you can log into tweet chat with your Twitter account and then participate in the conversation. And it aggregates all the content based off using that hashtag. So it's good ways to find people that are maybe influential in your community. It's a good way to show off your thought leadership. So if you have professors, um, President Obama did it when he was running in his election. He set up a tweet chat. He, on Twitter, told people when it was going to be. So usually Thursday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, this is the hashtag. You can log into tweet chat or you can log into Twitter. This just kind of gets rid of all the extra stuff. Um, but there's a lot of really common ones within disciplines. So I urge you to go Google um, some bigger websites that maybe um, interact with your own discipline and see if they have a tweet chat or maybe start up your own. A lot of professors do this with their students, so maybe they'll give them the third Friday off and they'll just tweet chat a class or uh, they'll bring in an outside speaker from a different state and they'll do the whole conversation on Twitter just to give the, the person the experience, but also to kind of, again, create that community and kind of do something different um, than just like a normal Skype call or thing. Or you can tweet questions. So maybe you're on a Skype call, you want to don't have time for every, all of you to ask questions, but Meg could be in the corner looking at questions that make sense and then tell me which ones to answer. Uh, but it's a really nice tool to do that. So check that out as well. All right. And then there's also, you can create and broadcast lists. So what lists is, is just taking people that you're following and seg segmenting them into a list of whatever you want. So the College of Law has done it really nice where all of their faculty members that are on Twitter, Molly set up a list of all of those. So you can actually, I'm a prospective law student, I could see this list and then see who I would be having classes with. And you can see all the people that are in that group. I can decide to go in and follow whoever I want. But it's just a nice way to organize people or organizations. So I have my own list. Um, of like content strategists that I follow. So it's all of those people. So if I'm interested in seeing what they're tweeting that week, I can just go to my list and it's only gonna pull in tweets from, from that, those people. Um, the Big Ten has it. It's really nice because you can see what other Big Ten universities are doing. You can create a list. People can add you to lists um, and you can be involved. You can subscribe to a list. So if you follow one that's really important at a different university or a different program, uh, every time they change or add people to it, it'll auto update on yours as well. Um, a big note, and this is more of a auto posting from Facebook to Twitter. So how I've, I know people have their own opinions on this. How I visualize is Facebook has its own community. Twitter has its own community. They might have people that overlap. Um, but if you're on Twitter, you've signed up to engage with me on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, you've signed up to engage with me on Facebook. And they don't really play nice to each other. They're social media competitors. They're businesses. Um, auto posting from Twitter to Facebook. If you use a hashtag, it breaks. If you use links, sometimes they break. Um, it's kind of a easy, nice, automated way to do that, but it kind of lets your Facebook community down because they, you're not getting that rich media content. You're not getting photos. You're not getting links. You're not getting videos. You're not getting all the cool things that Facebook has really focused on because you're just pushing your tweets there. So you're kind of losing people. Um, I bet the engagement on those posts is down too. 
as if you were to put in your own pictures and your own videos, even if it's the same content, but actually manually posting it again or scheduling it. Um, and the same way the other way, Facebook to Twitter, if your Facebook post is more than 140 characters and you push it, it'll just truncate it and stop it so you won't know. It doesn't have the nice little like um, countdown that Twitter does that tells you how many characters you have left. So again, you could have this really great post on Facebook, but if the last few words are the call to action, it's more than 140 characters, you just now lost that call to action when you pushed it to Twitter. All those people are kind of let down. So it does take a few extra minutes to manually recreate content on each of those platforms, um, but I would recommend doing it because people have invested in you to be in your communities, so kind of reinvest in them. I don't say it's not, you don't have to do it every time. There are some instances where it makes sense, but each platform has their own benefits, so to better maximize those benefits, it's to kind of stay on their own platform. And then again with Twitter, kind of engage with your audience. This is probably an easier one to engage with because you can see who's tweeted, what they've talked about, retweet a few, favorite a few, reply to a few. Um, the actual time needed to do that is not substantial. So you can set, a, set aside 15 minutes a day or 15 minutes before lunch, 15 minutes after, look through your feed and see who you're gonna reply to. YouTube. So uni the university has a YouTube channel and then departments and all departments, colleges all have playlists within that channel. So if you don't, you can talk to Dave Fitzgibbon in the back or me and we can set up a playlist for you. Um, the nice thing is it kind of has that umbrella effect of this is the university's um, channel, but then each of the individual departments can have their own content within their playlist. So you can still push your audience to your specific videos, your specific playlist, um, but it keeps the whole community of the university together, which is really nice because if you're kind of starting up your playlist and you only have two or three videos, the users can go and click off to another um, part of the kind of channel and see what else is going on and then come back to your playlist when you have more content. Um, it's just a good way to keep it all together. Uh, some tips with that is if you send us a video or we create a video and you have a video title that you want to use, that's what people are going to be searching for on YouTube. So make sure your title is descriptive and makes sense and has a complete description. So I'll show an example at the bottom. Um, if you're making the video in-house or somebody's doing it, um, utilize custom bumpers. So I'll show you in that example, but just kind of have a call to action at the end of your video, have a nice beginning and an ending so that it's, again, maintaining that brand consistency. And a call to action within the description is really nice because once you watch the video, if you have like the Howerman lectures, which I think is the example I put up there, it's really nice because there's a call to action that says, you know, see all the lectures. So you can watch this nice quick video about Temple Grandin and then if you're really interested in the lecture series, you can click on that link without leaving the page and click right over to the lecture series. Um, and then use those videos on your website, on Twitter, on Facebook. If you have a video, you can share it anywhere. And again, that's some good content that maybe in a year it's a recap of the Howerman lecture series and here's the five videos that we created from that series. Um, it's still relevant to that audience. Maybe somebody missed the series, so they want to see it. Um, it's kind of repurposing that content at a different time. So we'll jump to that video real quick, and I'll just kind of point out those. So if somebody's searching Temple Grandin online, her video will probably has the potential of coming up because we used it in the title. Uh, we've given a description about what this video is, and then we've provided a call to action here. So you've watched the video, you know what it's about, you're interested in the series, now you can just click here and go straight to it um, without leaving the page, well, you'll leave the page once you click on it, but that way people can find it. And then this is within the 
UNL page as well. So if you have videos, kind of put them up there, broadcast it. YouTube is the largest um, search engine for videos. So putting them there and having good descriptions and good titles um, will help your content get found on YouTube as well. And then number 10, uh, so establishing an account with the same handle on Instagram. So again, the consistency at you and Lincoln is the handle for the Instagram account. Um, does everybody know what Instagram is? Anybody not familiar? Okay, so Instagram is a, a mobile-based app that you can download to your iPhone, iPad, or Android device. And it's just a way you can take pictures. It's got about 10 filters that you can filter a photo, make it look really nice, and then share it with your community. So it's just building a community through photos. So I know Monica and um, kind of the art group, which does a lot of very visually appealing things. Instagram really makes sense for their, their audience because take a picture of a nice thrown pot or a fresh piece of art somewhere, but being able to share that on Instagram makes a lot of sense. Um, so again, complete your full profile so people know who you are. Um, and they can see, follow you on Instagram. Hashtags do work, which is nice. So I can follow the, I'll show you in the tool, hashtags, the UNL hashtag. So a lot of people are taking pictures of their acceptance letters. So I can go then and comment on that and say, congratulations, um, like that photo. But again, engage that community by following the hashtags without having to follow all of these people. Because um, I don't know who they are. But it's a nice way that if you're going to post something, have a hashtag because other people follow it too. And that's how they find content. Um, and then promote your content by posting on other social channels. So, good example of this. I took this photo. I took this photo the other day and I posted it on Instagram first so it made it look really fancy and crazy and it's just from my cell phone. And then I just saved it out and then I posted it on Facebook too. Again, it's using the same content. It took me about the same amount of time to take the photo and post twice. Um, but I have two different communities. So I have some people that are only on Facebook, and then I have kind of this smaller group that really likes photos on Instagram. But I took one photo, and I got 10, 000, or, you know, 1,000 plus likes here, and half a dozen, 20 likes on Instagram, which for Instagram is kind of a lot because the community is a little bit smaller. Um, but it's just repurposing the content, and I, I mean, I think I used the same comment, but I, I manually did it. So I posted on Instagram, saved out the photo, and then also posted it here. So both ways, but interacting with my communities. So Instagram right now can only be, you can only upload pictures from your phone or from your iPad or some kind of mobile device. But if you do go to a landing page, they have set it up so where people can see kind of what you posted. Um, this is kind of blown out of proportion and this photo doesn't look like that, but um, you can see what people have posted. So it's just Instagram.com backslash their handle. So people can see what you've been posting. Now to promoting your channels. So you've spent all this time creating your channels. You have all this content. How do you get people to find you? How do you get people to interact with you? So when you're first starting off, um, I say put it on everything. It makes sense. It's a small icon. People are very familiar with what it is. So add it to your email signatures. I have all four. I just have a connect with us, and it has a link for each of the platforms. Um, business cards, your syllabus, um, professors, speaking schedules, and their presentations. So if they're going off to a lecture in a different city, at the end of it, put your college, kind of like a bumper, and I'll show you at the end of this, of your college connection. So maybe people will interact with it there. 
any printed or marketing materials, posters and sign, web pages, help people find you. So if you can put it out there and they can find you easily, they can interact with you a lot quicker. So if you make it difficult for them to find you, you're probably going to lose them. So I encourage you to put it on anything and everything. Um, and then there's the social media directory, which is a directory of all the programs on campus that um, Aaron and I help maintain. So if you haven't submitted any new channels, um, you can click on this link and submit your information. Uh, that's a way for me to find you, so I can add you to my list of people I'm following and repurpose your content. Uh, but it's also a way for other people to follow you so that I can kind of share what you're doing. But promote your channels as much as you can. Uh, it's as simple as that once you, and then once you've promoted them and you've started getting kind of an audience, it goes to that engagement factor, interacting with people, creating content, and just creating that two-way street, that conversation. So the last tip is a few third-party tools. And all of these minus iWatermark are free <coughs> to a certain point. There are places where you can go up to like a premium level, but I have not needed to do that yet. So I'm imagining most of you will not need to either. Um, but Hootsuite, I'll show you. And Tweet Chat, we just talked about. Facebook Insights, I'll show you too. So, Hootsuite allows you to set up streams based on your account. So you just log in with your Twitter account and you can set up streams. And this is how I find what people are tweeting. So anybody I follow, all of their content shows up here. Anybody that uses the UNL hashtag, their content shows up here. Anybody that uses any word that has the UNL combination in it shows up here. And the list goes on. So I've set up, this is the hashtag for the Fine and Performing Arts Conference so that I can interact. You can set up to 10 streams which is nice. Biggest tool about, Insta or about um, Hootsuite excuse me, is you can schedule tweets. So if you know you have a, a lecture series, you have conferences, you have things that are on your calendar now, take two seconds when you add them to announce, write a short tweet, copy and paste, and then schedule. So I'm not actually going to do this. But you can use this scheduling tool, and you can pick it in five-minute increments any day of the week, and it will push out to your Twitter audience. So. If you only have half hour a whole week and you've met with your content committee and each of you take your half hour and post your five tweets, you could have the whole month covered with that evergreen content and then somebody just kind of has to monitor the day to day and what's going on. But again, just being consistent. If you're just going to post about events or those things, there's a way to do that with tools. Mentions. So this is how I can see what people use my handle when they mention me in their tweets. Tweets that I've favorited, scheduled. But this tool just stays open in the background on my desktop all day, and I check it every 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But it's free. It's all web-based. There is an app, too, if you want to download it to your mobile device. But this is the way I can manage all of this within the day. And I know everybody has less time than I do, but you can spend five minutes, click back to 1 o'clock, see a few that you want to resp respond to, reply to them, retweet them. And within five minutes, you could have maybe engaged with five or six people two or three people, whatever you're comfortable with. But it keeps that community engagement to a pretty easy level. Statagram is another tool. And this is for Instagram. So this is also free, but I think there's a paid version. I can follow people on. This is my feed. I can see who's liked it. So I can go back in and then maybe follow them if they make sense. Um, I can also search by a hashtag, which I've been doing because of the 
different hashtags we've been using. Anybody that's posted with the UNL hashtag, I can now go and engage with this person that posted this photo. I can like it. I can comment on it all from this, this interface. So I don't have to leave it or go anywhere. Um, but now Zach, however you say that, knows that the university likes his photo. So it's as easy as liking that and just being simple, quick. Again, this could be a five minute thing every day, right before you leave, right when you get there from the night before. And I just go based off the hashtag. So if you have a hashtag that you established throughout your college and people are using it on Instagram, it could be as easy as that for you too. And then Facebook Insights are the tool that's built into Facebook, which I will show you. And we can go into more detail. If people have questions, they can give me a call or stop by. But there's a really nice ways to kind of see how your community is interacting with your content and how it's building or going. What else is on here? Oh. PicMonkey, for those who do not have money for Photoshop, sorry if there's any designers in the room because this might make you cringe. But if you're in a pinch and you need to do a quick resize, I don't have any photos. Let's see if there's some on the system. Sorry, if I had a photo. So you can go in here and you can edit, the, edit a photo so you can resize it really quickly. It'll have some free filters too, just like Instagram. So if you have a few photos that just need to be lightened up or darkened, but very simple photo editing, you can do it all in here and then you can actually create a collage. So this tool will let you upload two or three photos and make like a nice little, here, we'll just do it right here. So these are just their demonstration photos, but you can do that. You can then go over here pick a different setting, you can pick a texture, colors, change the spacing, add captions, whatever you would like to do. The simple basic things that maybe you want to do. So maybe you have a photo you want to put on Facebook. Well, you only have 400 pixels for that post. Well, if you have a photo this big, resize it to your 400 pixels, save it really quickly. This guy will spin for you. You can save it and it will save right to your desktop. So. In a few minutes, you can resize a photo, you can create a collage, you can add captions. You can do quite a, quite a bit with it. Um, it is Flash-based, so if anybody's used Flash before, it gets really finicky, um, high traffic time, so just live, kind of go slow with it. Um, but it's a nice thing, for, especially if you're in a jam or you don't have the resources for Photoshop or something like that. Um, you can resize a photo pretty quickly. Um, we showed you Statagram. PicFrame is just like PicMonkey where you can create collages. It's just a mobile app, so you can download that. And then iWatermark is also an app where you can upload a photo. And have it as a watermark within the photos. So this N, I think it's $2 for the app per device. So if you have a one person in charge of this, but you can add in this watermark on any photos if it makes sense. So if you have something that you want to watermark, you can. Um, it's just a tool out there. Don't download the free one because the free one gives you your watermark and then also watermarks the brand for iWatermark, so it's kind of pointless. So don't use that. All right. 
So that's kind of all my tips and tricks all through 12. This is the, the last one. So again, the bumper, if you're going to a presentation or doing something, I can promote all my social channels as quickly as this. Um, when I'm done, I'm going to upload this to SlideShare, which is a nice tool that just takes presentations and then compresses them, and then you can send out a link to them. So you can interact with the presentation. All the links will be live, so you can click on them. Uh, and it's just a really easy way to review this presentation. Uh, it's also a cool tool for all of you to use if you have presentations or some kind of document or PDF that you want to share with somebody. That's also free. There is paid accounts, but again, I push the limits with free and see where I'll get, and then pay when I have to. So thank you very much for your time. Are there any questions? I'll be free after, too, if you have more specifics. And I have business cards if anybody needs my contact information. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Okay, um, this draws us almost to the conclusion of today's presentation, today's Content Convergence Conference, and I hope you got a lot out of today's session. The bottom line is there are, are many, many ways to share your content, and we want to get really good at it. My goal, my dream, is that this campus becomes really, really good at sharing your content, your stories, with audiences in new and different ways. So we're going to keep working on that through these sessions throughout the semester. And we want to be as helpful as we can. So if you have ideas for upcoming sessions, please let me know. And we'll plan to address whatever it is that you would like to hear addressed as a topic. So with that, I thank you all for your time today and look forward to seeing you in the near future. In the meantime, if you have questions, please contact my office and we'll do our best to get you help. <laughs>